Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of How to Do Drugs. I'm your host, Elian Janine. <laughs> it's a fun name, isn't it? Yeah, I'm mad I didn't know the name before I came on. No. <laughs> now I have to have that reaction. I got to start checking what I say yes to, but okay. <laughs> I said it was about drugs, Dave. Everybody, Dave Temple, my very good friend, What's Dave going on, Temple. Um, yeah, no, it's a very strong name. I say this, um, I've had to say it a couple of times. And the logo is a nose, like an outline of a nose with a little blood drop. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's how you get people to click, at least. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> what is this? And, you, and it's only the people that are like truly. I guess some people click out of curiosity, but yeah. some people I'm sure will click because they're butthurt about yeah, it. Yeah, they'll be like, what the fuck is this about? Who the fuck would make this kind of podcast? Mm-hmm. Like, that's the weird thing that, like, because, yeah, drugs is a big thing. Mm-hmm. It's a big part of society. Yeah. And someone would have that reaction. Yeah. As, as they're popping Xanax and drinking coffee and smoking <laughs> cigarettes, you know? We shouldn't have be teaching them how to do drugs. <laughs> well, it's not. They already know. <laughs> yeah, trust me. <laughs> not from this show either. Not yet, at least. Um yeah, it's um, it's a strong name, but it's not just about like doing drugs. I'm not teaching people how to do drugs. Mm-hmm. It's also about addiction and recovery and people's personal like yeah. experiences how with to drugs. Do them like like <laughs> the way you do AC, the way you do you know Beavis and Butthead do America. Yeah. You got to do it, the whole shit, the whole process. Yeah. Right? How to, to get on them, get off them. <laughs> how to understand them. Right. <laughs> so this is a podcast to help people um, on that journey or have been through that journey, you know, and want to hear war stories mm. of the of the type, the ilk, I guess you could say, if you want to use fancy words. I'm not very good at fancy <laughs> words. Um, I own a thesaurus, but I can't really say the words. So a thesaurus. <laughs> I can't say entremishiposhis. Why would you need to say that? Because I had it on my liver, but it doesn't affect me. Or not on my liver, on my bladder. I had some on my you bladder. That was crazy. Like, where do you, who do you think has a more difficult vocabulary? Doctors or gay people? Ooh. Because there's, like, a lot of vocabulary to memorize. And I don't know, like, at least with gay people, it's, like, something sexy that and you're into. Fu- yeah, and it's fun. Yeah. As a doctor, you just got to memorize a bunch of vocabulary about Real dark. big big words, too. Yeah, how the fuck am I supposed to remember that? Mm-mm. No, my mom's a nurse, and I remember growing up, like, she had, like, a coloring books. They would give them, like, these very intricate coloring books where you had to color in, like, different color veins. Be like, oh, these ones are red. These ones are blue kind of thing and yeah still like <laughs> i don't know i've always kind of had a little bit of a speech impediment so hmm. entromesiosis i always end up saying supercalifragilistic entromesiosis i have one too <laughs> i am suffering right now from planters flat flashitis or flashitis planters flashitis yeah Yeah, I don't know how to say (laughs) it I don't know what it is I know I have it it's this thing in the tendon in my heels from running and stuff like that oh okay and yeah, I know. Is that runner's foot or was it something? It's specifically called planter's uh, fat. Everyone can say it but me. Yeah. When I go and I tell people, when people watch me stutter with it and they go, yeah, planter's fasciolitis or whatever you say. Yeah, I can't. I probably can't say it either. Yeah. So you're not the only <laughs> one. Obviously, I can't say intro. Mesiosis? I think so. <laughs> intro sounds like a spelling bee word. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah. And I wasn't good at spelling either. So there, I mean, I'm dyslexic. So there's that factor too. Oh, um, I like to say just a little dyslexic, but I'm actually pretty much all the way. There's That's not something you could just be a little bit of. And I'm, it's so funny because I actually found all this stuff out over quarantine that I have ADHD and that I'm dyslexic. And I'm like, oh, that's why mm-hmm. it took me so long to write papers. Because like, I've always gotten good grades. Like I had a 4.0 throughout all of college, wow. but it took me a lot longer than it probably should have just because of these um you know, mental handicaps, I guess, that I didn't even know I was aware of. But you sit alone in quarantine long enough, you learn a lot about yourself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I definitely learned a lot about myself during quarantine. Um, it was it was a good learn, though. You know yeah. I mean? Oh, no, like, I'm very happy. Like, I'm not mad. At, like, I'm mad at the quarantine, but I'm also like, it was good. Like, mentally, yeah. like, it, I worked through a bunch of shit. I got to learn what I really care about. Yeah. And I, yep. I realized the thing that I care about is me. Yeah. Like, <laughs> no, nothing else. Yes. Like, I, I I watched all of the riots mm-hmm. and the protests and the people complaining about the numbers and the this and the that. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, hey, when did we ever give a fuck about any of that? Like. I don't know. I was able to accept that we weren't going outside anytime soon. Mm-hmm. So I just like was like, yeah, let me find... Like, take some time to figure out what do you want to do? Mm-hmm. You got 24 hours to kill. What do you want to do? And yeah. I just started following that pattern. And the world with, like, the volume of the world mm-hmm. went whoosh, yep. down. And My inner circle went down. Yeah. A like, for things. me, the the entire world, and I've said this on a few different podcasts now, the the world is, like, outside in the projects. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm, like, the artistic kid in the housing project Mm -hmm. who I stick my head out of the window every now and again just to see what them crazy motherfuckers is outside (laughs) doing. And it ain't nothing that interests me, so I'm going to go back in the house and do what I do, whether it's writing, creating, or whatever. And every now and again, I stick my head out of the window or on social media, turn Mm -hmm. the news on, and just, oh, what they doing out there? Yeah. Oh, okay. Like the world isn't completely on fire yet, so. Even when it is, there's nothing I can do about it. I'm here with everybody i've accepted it yeah you know what i mean i was definitely okay with not living that long yeah so to make it now to 38 is mm-hmm. like unbelievable i'll go as long as the world will let me yeah but i i could care less you yeah. know what i mean like <laughs> i'm just gonna enjoy my time mm-hmm. while i'm here you know yeah yeah i kind of felt that way too with everything because it did it feel like like the world is shut down and then you have all these crazy riots and everything and you're like, okay, so if this is how it's going to be. Then. So, and that's the thing. That's the other thing. So it is a lot like jail. It's a jailhouse mentality. Where okay. I've had the same thing. I've never done long stretches in county jails mm-hmm. and then, but I have been to county jail mm-hmm. and that was the same way you kind of have to deal with it. Mm-hmm. I'm not here to get involved in this. Yeah, I'm just here. Like I, this, here's a world. Mm-hmm. Here is my ecosystem. These are all my peers. The 80 guys in the pod. Yeah. Okay, we all eat together, shower together, we use the same phones. We say, but I'm not plugged into this, guys. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'll find something else to do with my 24 hours mm-hmm. because I can't. All of the fighting and the bickering and finding dumb shit. It ain't that important to me what phone or what TV. Is. You guys, 
Can I go back to my cell, please? Yeah. <laughs> like, see, you, you know what I'm saying? Because yeah. it, everything that people's weird behavior is what will cause lockdowns in the jail also. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, and fighting with each other. My dad um, he used to spend a lot of time in solitary, like illegal amounts of time in solitary because he preferred it in there. And they actually kind of liked it that he was in there, too, because he was yeah. a disruptive person. He doesn't play well with others, right. we'll say. Right. Right. <laughs> and he's a very large man and, you know, can train, you know, he's a killer. Like he he kills people. So mm-hmm. It's not um, not someone that you want in a gen pop. <laughs> I mean, it depends because I've learned this also that there is a uh, there's a balance and there's an energy that I think is off mm-hmm. now, which is why we're kind of in the the fighting position and the confusion that we are like a it, flux. And it it's that alpha male energy that you're describing. Mm-hmm. Hey, this guy's a killer. We're all scared. Mm-hmm. The, the thing that I, I've done a lot of reading during mm-hmm. the pandemic. Yeah. One of the things I found out when it comes to like alphas and betas, uh, the betas will always conspire to eliminate the alpha. Yeah, because it's easier to get rid of the biggest threat. Most alphas, I like, it's weird. I'm in a world now where I'm considered an alpha, but I, where would, I, I consider I, you an alpha. But where I grew up, yeah, there were guys way more aggressive than me. Yeah way more powerful well, that doesn't necessarily mean that you're still not an alpha it's but just, i know correct yeah. but it's just fascinating to me because to come into this world mm-hmm. where you see so many betas that are like really you could tell they're a bit put off by whatever the energy is like wow well you guys wouldn't have lasted a day where i came from mm-hmm. and then you wonder well how come the guys that i came with why, why aren't we dominating the world mm-hmm. everyone's locked away yeah Everyone, the minute there's any aggressive energy, mm-hmm. they're eliminated yeah. right away. And that's what you're seeing now. It's so rampant with the cancer culture and everything. Yeah. It's like, and especially because they feel safe online to be able to confront these types of people right. that they're just generally afraid of. Right. Because we're not even talking about now. We're not talking about alphas and betas in the sense of physical dominance. Mm-hmm. We're talking about like on a creativity level, on a level of just contributing something to society. Mm-hmm. There's and just a, living their lives. Yeah. <laughs> so there are a lot of people who are betas in those categories, mm-hmm. and they're online taking down the alphas in those categories. Mm-hmm. You're seeing all our creative greats. They tried to cancel Bill Burr again. How many times has he been trying to right. cancel? <laughs> but anybody who's any... No... No untalented motherfuckers getting canceled. Yeah, and that's the thing is that the people that they're trying to canceling, they can't cancel them because they're ta- like they're but doing their job. You, you understand yeah. what I'm saying? Like a regular bum lady on the train hurling the n word. No one's taking anything from her. Mm-mm. So it's not the behavior that people have a problem with. Mm-hmm. It's it's that alpha personality. It's that. Yeah. It's that can oh you're creative and you're you're doing better than me. Mm-hmm. Mm-mm. Let's all conspire to get rid of this one. Yeah, because that's our biggest threat. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it is so much like that. It is um yeah, the whole online cancel culture thing is um it's pretty crazy. I'm actually waiting for someone to to say something about you know, the title and stuff of of the podcast. Um I had a write up in the uh in the AV club, I believe, um, mm-hmm. by uh, this Twitter follower. Um, uh, oh, I forgot his name. I'll put in the 
put it in the description because he's nice. Um, I'm trying to think of his Twitter handle. But um, he even said, you know, something about the name. But he also, like, because he only, you know, listened to the first episode as far as I know. And he's just like, she doesn't condone or condemn drugs. Right. It's just about drugs. And and I even say, you know, in the trailer that it is, um, you know, it it's, it's going to be, you know, kind of hard for some people. But it's about all aspects of drugs because drugs very much like sex and sex workers and stuff like that and how much porn people consume like they don't want to talk about it even though everyone is doing it everyone you know everyone's watching porn everyone you know now people have you know average people like civilian women and stuff have only fans and they're starting to see that oh it's not it's not what everyone made it out to be like and that is in my opinion the drug in itself that the public is getting high on right now. Yeah. All of the betas are now finding some way to have a creative outlet mm-hmm. and having success in it mm-hmm. and being ridiculed for it. Yeah. Oh, no, they feed off of that. They really do. Right. You know what I mean? Because so they like, really think that they're in the right. They right. really feel self-righteous in that what we are doing is more right than what you are doing. Right. And you're high on that. You're. Oh, that yeah. That is a drug that every you see regular teachers mm-hmm. third grade teachers now have fans yeah who adore them yeah they're famous on tiktok and people are like you can't be a third grade teacher and show your ass online yeah. and they go oh, my first hater you you're just mad cuz you can't do it mm-hmm. it was you're the same people that were canceling people for this kind of shit, mm-hmm. but now yeah, now they see it's the regular people getting canceled mm-hmm. the the gym coach yeah I, I, I coach uh, this and, and they're canceling me because of what I was doing in my pro. Yeah. This is what we're doing to celebrities. Yeah. And it was like, you think you're exempt from right. that? Or like, why? Like, you're putting it out online like someone's in a movie or telling jokes or whatever, and you're not expecting the same treatment that you're giving everyone else. And I think that the drug that is mm-hmm. attention, yeah. that dopamine yeah. that we're all on, that we're all mm-hmm. chasing. That we all crave. Ooh. <laughs> Regular people are, have now found a way to get high on dopamine. Because regular yeah. life, you have. I don't know when's the last time you've lived a regular life, like a nine to five job, driving your conservative colored car Ooh. out of your driveway and off your cul-de-sac to your executive campus. I did live in a cul-de-sac to sit too. in your to sit in your cubicle. Hoping that one day you'll get an office on the outside of the cubicle. At least 20 years. You know, just... Uh, At least like, 20 years. Only to... <laughs> to fin- There's no dopamine in that life, Aaliyah. No. And it's... Well, that's the thing, too, is that it's not as fulfilling. I Like, people don't see it as fulfilling as, you know, let's say a movie star or, like, a rock star. They're like, oh, they get to do all these things. I want to be able to do those things, too. And now, you know, you have Instagram influ- influencers and stuff like that. All these people are like, oh, I can, like, at least have some resemblance of that type of lifestyle. Yeah. Because yeah. people want to see... We're lazy. Well, one. Well, <laughs> yeah, but we all want people to care about us, too. Yeah. We, That's the other thing, because yeah. it's like the the person that I just described that that drives to work every day mm-hmm. eventually there's a good po- there's a good uh percentage of the population mm-hmm. that the life is so boring they fall asleep at the wheel driving to work and they run off the road and they fucking die and My to stepdad, us, he didn't die but he hit a cow right but to most of us you're just some piece of shit in the way making me late mm-hmm. versus 
<laughs> if Tiger Woods crashes on the other side of the fucking country, we all <gasps> yeah, we all want that. Yeah, we, we and the we only that, way that we can get that now is through OnlyFans. Yeah, through social know. media likes and stuff like that. The right. social dilemma was actually really interesting because it's true. And they do, you know, psychologically, basically using psychological warfare yeah. <laughs> to get you attracted to constantly, you know, be on it and buy. And right. yeah, no. It's so insane. how is this any different than the drugs of our past? How is yeah, this? Yeah, smoking I mean, a joint. How is this <laughs> not like a, a digital crack epidemic? Yeah. I can see that. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Yeah, because that's a, a lot of drugs are. You're just like it's a dopamine rush. Right. You know, it's serotonin. It's this euphoria that you feel, you know, with specific type of drugs, obviously. But right. yeah, and the calming where you're just like, oh, but it's also like exciting and you feel warm and you feel love, even though you just shot something up in your arm. But it's no different than getting 100 likes on a photo in 10 minutes. Especially when it becomes toxic mm-hmm. to your fucking life. Yeah. I just watched a video of a man dangling his son off of a cliff so that someone can shoot over his shoulder to get the picture. Jesus Christ. How many likes is that worth? (laughs) uh, Michael Jackson already did that, didn't he? You ever think about some of this shit? I see people dart out in traffic when the the, the white man on the... um, The little walk-in sign. Yeah, when that thing says go, they run out in the traffic and lay down so that someone can get a picture of him in fucking traffic. Yeah. Some of the shit that we do, you go, oh, wow, that's a junkie. Yeah, yeah. That's oh, a absolutely. Yes. Fuck. When I see a person on a Sunday afternoon <laughs> up against a graffiti wall mm-hmm. and another person taking a picture, mm-hmm. that to me is like seeing someone nodding off on heroin. Yep. Just up against, like, this is your day? Yeah, no difference whatsoever. Yeah, look at what you're giving up. Mm-hmm. And for what? A few, li- I mean free stuff sometimes yeah a lot of influencers or whatever um they get a lot of free stuff um they get promos you know money sometimes you know obviously they'll get money if they have big enough accounts and stuff like that yeah they're like oh this is a lifestyle Mm -hmm. this is it's not really a job it's a lifestyle where they get paid to just live this glorious life but a lot of those influencers are all fake like most of them are all fake and the funny thing is it's just like any other drug that we Mm -hmm. were told was bad for us during the whole dare campaign oh they tell you don't don't do weed Mm -hmm. drinking is bad this is what it's going to lead to alcohol is going to lead to this Mm -hmm. heroin is going to lead to this crack Right. They were really big on crack for me <laughs> for my dare program. There's been no guidance on social media. No. There ha- we have Well, I mean it's still kind of new if you think about there, it. Do you know there's rehab now for social media? That does not surprise me whatsoever. There is digital rehab. Have you ever tried to like delete your social media apps before? Um so what I got into during the mm-hmm. pandemic to wean myself off of them, which mm-hmm. I guess now we're talking about how to get off of drugs. <laughs> The way I weaned myself off of social media, Mm -hmm. 12 to 1. Mm -hmm. Noon to 1 is your hour for social media, and Mm -hmm. after 1 o'clock, delete the app. Yeah. And I would have to reinstall it the next day to get on at noon. Okay. So it eventually became a thing that I had to start scheduling. Mm -hmm. And for me, at this point, if I didn't need it for- Promoting um, or something. I probably wouldn't be on it. Yeah. I mean, I'm that's probably, even now I'm not really on it. You yeah. know what I mean? Like I'm on it 
but I just go in to check to make sure that the people that I have running it are doing what they're supposed yeah. to do. Yeah, and I make sure, well, for me, I always check to make sure um, no one's being creepy or saying something. <laughs> Even with that, but see, that's the thing, Aaliyah, I, I expect that. Yeah. I expect it. That's why I'm getting off. Yeah. Because the way my yeah. mind works, now I'm curious about this person. Yeah. I have a problem. I'm too curious. Like my my uh, my my co-host of my other show, uh, Conrad, mm-hmm. is, is you're fascinated with stupidity. Yeah. No, it is fascinating. And mm-hmm. yeah. Sending someone a creepy message, mm-hmm. whether it's in the inbox or in the comments or insulting someone, it is it is by far I would love to do a documentary if I could. <laughs> that I, would actually be phenomenal. I just wanna find it's not even hatred. It's yeah. just I don't know that world yeah. of I don't follow celebrities. I don't I d- yeah, I don't either. And I've been that way since I was in middle school. People would be like, Did you hear this? And they'd be like, I don't go to school no. with that bitch. I don't like me, I grew up in Philly. If you didn't go to my school, I didn't give a shit. <laughs> I don't know the fuck, who? What, what school they go to? When do I interact with this person? And I was the same way with celebrities. Yeah, and I'm still that way, which probably affects you know the way I level up because I don't gravitate to someone because they're somebody. Yeah, you know what I mean. I, I need to figure it out first. Um, but yeah, there no one is no one is preparing us for social media as a drug Mm-mm. and how to get off of it that that's what worked for me um and the less i got involved the more i became an outsider mm-hmm. the sillier it was it was like it was like being clean and going back to a drug-filled corner. Yeah, and just watching and everybody. And watching people fall out. And lay. And I felt the same way. You know, I don't drink anymore. Mm-hmm. That was the same way for me with drinking. I took a break from drinking. Uh, yeah, because when we first met, you drank a little. Like, I never, like, saw you get drunk, I don't think. But I'm you never still... sloppy. I'm yeah. always in control. I was probably drunk a lot. Yeah. But, like, <laughs> I'm, I'm a stoic drunk. I guess. And I learned I that you. because of the way I grew up. Yeah. Where I grew up. The guys that I grew up around, they didn't lose their control. Yeah. They didn't. Yeah, you didn't want to because people wouldn't want to hang out with you. Um, Ours was more for like a safety kind of thing. Okay. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You don't want to be too drunk and not aware of your surroundings yeah. or what's going on because of the bars and the neighborhoods that we were hanging out mm-hmm. in. But, you know, so that was something that I learned then. But the alcohol, you know, it takes its toll on you. It is what it is. But. What happened for me to get off alcohol was um, my ex was dating mm-hmm. her father. So my father-in-law at the time, he um, he had got like his second, his second DUI in like a year. That's, yeah, that's a problem. And he was calling us, like looking for bail money mm-hmm. two days before New Year's Eve, which is like, bruh. You just I, had Christmas and shit. And I got a mortgage due in two days. Mm-hmm. I can't. I can't. And yeah. I'm sorry to leave you in there, but you realistically can't expect me to take money out. I, I, I use this to put a roof over your grandchildren's head. Yeah. You made that decision on your own. I'm sorry. Can't get involved. Yeah. Which that's going to that's going to cause a rift. And I remember getting off the phone and, you know, talking with my ex thinking like, that guy's got a fucking problem. Yeah. But the reality was the only difference between me and him was I hadn't been caught yet. Yeah. 
I was doing the same thing. Yeah, you just haven't been caught. Right. And that's and that's the thing. A lot of us were never caught for a lot of the things so that we, we did. Think we don't have a problem. Correct. Yeah. If we get up and pay our bills every day and mm-hmm. it's, it ain't affecting nothing. And we're in front, yeah, functioning. That's how people feel about social media. Mm-hmm. Oh, it ain't affecting nothing. It's just something I do. You don't yeah. realize how much it's affecting. But you're something that you're doing every five minutes like you know like i have um i have a timer on my phone and i allow myself two hours on social media because i have multiple accounts and blah 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 so i allow myself two hours and throughout the day and once it goes blank i'm like okay done and i have to wait until you know i think the next day and sometimes it works out better like in quarantine it was kind of like in the beginning it was kind of hard because i wasn't doing a lot at first i just kind of treated it like a vacation Mm -hmm. where i'm just like oh i'm just gonna be on my phone and blah 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 and then after a while i'm like i have been on my phone for literally eight hours one day and i was like that's a full-time job yeah of just fucking posting memes and shit like like nothing productive i'm like Mm -hmm. all right bitch so yeah then the timer went on and you have to wean yourself off and it is um it is hard like when i when i go on vacation and stuff like that um i delete like i actually delete them from my phone yeah i leave mine in the safe in the hotel yeah room. But I, well because I, I still like to take pictures and stuff like that i don't that. even take no. pictures anymore <laughs> i'm dead and this is gonna sound weird yeah. i don't take the pictures anymore yeah i want to experience the thing for me yeah and at this point I want to be able to remember it, mm-hmm. but I have no interest in sharing it with anybody. Yeah. It is like I've had some experiences, Aaliyah. There's some things in my mind that I've seen mm-hmm. that only I have seen, and I'm glad that that's mine. Yeah. I and see I, that. I can see when I'm old and crazy and laying mm-hmm. in a chair somewhere, <laughs> or if I'm just sitting there and my last thoughts are flashing through my head of those images and stuff. I look forward to that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I think in the process of me doing that, it makes the concept, I think I'm making peace with the world where, like, thinking that mm-hmm. way, I'm okay with death, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Because I look forward, because I don't have the pictures to, to, to worry about it, mm-hmm. I know that if you were to put death on me tomorrow, mm-hmm. oh, well, cool, I could get to finally go through all these memories. Right. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It's that is the weird piece that I found mm-hmm. in the thing. Go do a bunch of cool shit. Yeah. You don't need to take pictures of everything. And when you're done and it's time to lay down, you're going to have some dope shit to reflect to mm-hmm. on your own. And uh, yeah, I, I look at death as like, oh, I can't wait for some time to myself. <laughs> I can't wait to get away from all of these drug addicts here on Earth, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's because uh, that's what that's. I feel like I I mean I'm a pretty smart guy, I think. I think had I been born so, yeah. in a different zip code or at least followed some different guidance, I could have been with Elon Musk and them. Yeah. Know, figuring out cuz I I look at those guys like yeah, those dudes they're leaving. They're like <laughs> dudes that are getting out of the hood. Like, yo, come on, we got to go to yeah, Mars. Yeah, they're literally we're just going to go to right. Mars now. And when they get to Mars and they go, "Elon, oh god, you guys where you guys from?" Oh, from Earth. Yeah. Oh, well, let's, I want to go see your home planet. Oh, trust me. Bunch of motherfuckers just looking at their phones around there, whole infrastructure. Thing. Imagine explaining that to an alien or some shit like yeah, that. Yeah, I'm pretty sure a lot of alien life forms have just passed over us. Right. Like, there was a meme where it's like, oh, there's Earth, the ghetto of the yeah. galaxy. Everyone is. Everyone on Earth 
like we're all going to be hunched over. Yeah. And like, if you think about it, evolution, because I was, um, this was a couple of years ago, but like our thumbs and stuff like that, are they going to be elongated, especially with like larger phones? Like I have the iPhone 11 plus. The thing is literally like a mini ass computer. And yeah, I get fucking carpal tunnel if I'm on it too long. My fucking elbow hurts if I, because it's heavy, just mm. carrying it around. Like evolution is definitely with our eyesight and stuff like that. We're definitely going to evolve and maybe quite like weird like can you imagine like us having like extra long thumbs or yeah. something i mean i'm pretty sure we're weird now to whatever we evolved off of the fact that we're like not all covered in hair something. and shit yeah. like that you know what i mean yeah i, I think um so I, that ain't my call to change <laughs> it's fine uh i think for me now i just want my offspring to be able to do well and whatever yeah. the fuck world yeah, are them. they um, on social media? Do you allow them on social media? They, uh, yeah, it's a battle that I lost. <laughs> and I, uh, again, it's Because you not, have two girls, right? Right. But, again, when we look at social media, mm -hmm. like the drug that it is, mm -hmm. I now have to understand it's just my kids trying out pot. Yeah. It's their version of pot. Everyone's going to do it. Yeah. You can't protect them from the world. Yeah, let it. They're you're smart. They're smart. Mm -hmm. They'll figure it out. Yeah, you know what I mean. Sometimes, like some, like you can only give them advice, right? You know, and and they can either take it or right. not take it. My and youngest, she might go all the way. Mm -hmm. Um, she's got it. Like she's she speaks really well. She's got high energy, and she's been watching. YouTube shit since she was like very small. I used to do a thing with her mm -hmm. on a, a on YouTube called Dave and a Baby, mm -hmm. which I lost at the beginning of the pandemic. Oh, no. Speaking of censorship, <laughs> that's the only time I ever got censored. YouTube shut down my channel. Dave and a Baby. Last March, that well, they took the whole channel because of one video. They that's took the insane. whole channel because of one, and I'm like, okay, total mistake. Uploaded the wrong video, like basically clicked on the wrong file yeah, uploaded on the computer them. and uploaded something that they were like, nope. And it's like, okay, can I get a warning or anything? Now, I didn't take it personal. I mean, I did take it personal, yeah. but I understood where we were in the world. Yeah. Like, I remember that girl shooting up YouTube like uh, a year or two before yeah. for the same thing. Okay, You know what I mean? And I was realizing, like, wow, this is a very fascinating Oh, people freak out if they right. lose their account. Right. Freak out. I mean, I'm being shadow banned right now. I think it's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it sucks for work because I use it for work. You know what I mean? And like, yeah, that's pretty much the only thing. But at the same time, I'm like, I have done literally nothing wrong. You guys are just mad because I'm pointing out the fact that you guys are like hypocrites when it comes to bodies, women's and male, female bodies or whatever, male bodies. It's yeah. Retarded. Yeah. Who knows what whatever it is or what the agenda is. And it, and here's the thing. I may very well be wrong like with my message. I'm okay with that too sometimes. Like yeah. realizing because I understand there were a lot of adults who didn't agree and some of them were just wrong. I had some mm -hmm. uncles that were out of their fucking mind. <laughs> right. But they were adults. Mm -hmm. And so yeah, and, and when until you're younger. another adult stepped in and be like, Hey, leave that boy alone and come on over, get away from him with your drunk ass. You yeah. know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like Yeah, he was still an adult with his drunk angry views and opinions yeah, and you're listening to them because he's an adult and that's what you're supposed exactly. to do exactly so 
I don't know because I know like even when I look at those guys like my uncles and them who were spreading their thing mm-hmm. in their mind they thought they were right. Yeah. That is the one thing that I can't take from anybody. Everyone, yeah. Especially if you're screaming. You understand what I'm saying? Like it's it's yeah. cuz screaming about it or like really being adamant Very, about like, it. Yeah, emotional. Like there's emotion behind right. it. Yeah. So if you're like, I, I, I look at that now when I see the people with the masks and stuff like that. It was like one person in the, in the store who's not wearing a mask and it's like 80 people like, put the fucking mask on. Yeah. And like, you're not going to tell me how to do. Yeah. And I'm like, wow. Wait, let's hear her out. Just, yeah. Because to, for you to stand up to 80 people and go, no. Yeah. Wait, guys, every story I've ever known mm-hmm. turns out with, like, this might be something we need to pay attention to. Every fucking action movie. Remember Terminator? Mm-hmm. There's a Terminator. He's coming. He's coming. And they're like, bitch, you crazy. And mm-hmm. then before you know it, fucking Terminator's here. Yeah. So it's like, why wouldn't you at least hear out the person mm-hmm. <laughs> that is going <laughs> just to make sure it's not a fucking Terminator? You yeah, know what yeah. I mean? Like... <laughs> I'm not saying that they're right, but they're screaming. You should yeah. at least hear them out a little bit. Yeah, you know? be like, why do you feel this way? Right. Where did it Th- come that from? That you feel that you need to go up against an entire store by yourself. Right. And I'm like that. With those every- people are like, though, to me, those people like as crazy as it sounds, but those people are actually quite brave and very like they have a lot of courage. Right. Do you because understand? they are doing these things like the people who ran the cap who, you know, took over the Capitol. Do I believe that what they did was right hell oh, fucking no it was pretty fucking impressive that like they did that it. they fucking did what and if you can't admit that you are a beta creative yeah <laughs> you are part of the problem <laughs> absolutely yeah i was talking about that with larry sharp on his podcast um so you were talking about um you know social media and pop being similar to like, like for your kids for kids yeah. yeah have you had like the actual like drug drug talk with your kids yet so my youngest just turned to yes both of them yeah. are very aware that i use pot yeah i've, I've talked to them both about it mm-hmm. uh separately um and it was a lot easier than i thought it was gonna be yeah was it easier than the sex talk <laughs> Yeah, because the sex talk happened when they were, they were young, and I was a young father myself and yeah. had no idea <laughs> how to address it. Because, yeah. you know, you what age do you think a sex talk should happen? Oh, I mean, I started having the, well, about our bodies and stuff like that when I was six, because my mom's a nurse. Yeah. So, so it was yeah. all very medical right. where babies came from and stuff like that. Okay, mine walked in on me at two. Like, what's wrong with your vagina? So, like, <laughs> like ah, shit. Like, I, I didn't. What's wrong with your vagina? <laughs> right, that. That caught it, me off guard. Why is it sticking out? <laughs> right. So that was, um, you know, the pot talk was, it was fascinating because yeah, I pulled my older one to the side first, mm-hmm. let her know. And I was always suspicious that she was doing it. And mm-hmm. I still am How suspicious. How old is she She's 16. So yeah. she insinuates that she's not, uh, mm-hmm. or she's very adamant that she doesn't. Anytime I sit there and try and trap her with a little, yeah, yeah. yeah. And she's like, Dad, I don't do drugs. I'm, okay, all right. Yeah. So, but I try to at least, I want to be honest with them so that they'll be honest with me. Yeah. <laughs> the younger one, I definitely had to talk to her because I talked about this on my special. Mm-hmm. I literally asked the audience in my special, I go, what is a good age to let your kids know you get high? Yeah. And the audience, they throw out their numbers, 18, 21, never. But what about drinking? Mm-hmm. Well, I, I was yeah. explaining to the audience, you got to let them know. Excuse me. Hold on. Your kids already know. They yeah. already know. 
Mm-hmm. So like my ex. Oh yeah, I knew my parents were fucked up all the time. Right. <laughs> like my ex used to smoke before me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she always smoked pot. She would disappear into her powder room and try to smoke with the door, with the window open and blow smoke out the window. Yeah. And I never forget, my daughter was probably about four when she came up to me. She goes, mommy's smoking in her bathroom. (laughs) Yeah, because they know exactly what the fuck they're doing. Right. (laughs) We know exactly what they were doing. My, that same kid is 10. Mm -hmm. Her mom has still not talked to her about it. Oh. Because mom is under the impression Oh no, she doesn't know, and I don't want to yeah. change. And I go, she knows, but now you're just teaching her dishonesty. Yeah, which is a whole other, mm-hmm. a whole other rabbit hole. So it's better to have the talk. I was free. I just went out to Arizona to see them. It was her mm-hmm. birthday last week, my first day. Hey, come here, come here, sit down. <laughs> uh, so this is what I do now. Yeah. All right, go ahead, smell that. That is weed. This is not. <laughs> For you yet, I'm not gonna tell you can't do it, but this is what I do now. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we this ain't for your friends. You don't talk about this to your friends. You don't talk yeah. about to your teacher. This is just because everybody don't understand this. But this is yeah. what I do. Helps me relax. Yeah. When you smell it, when you see it around me, this is what it is. Mm-hmm. Don't panic. Yeah, and no, that's the smart thing to do. I mean, parents don't do that kind of thing with alcohol. They just are drinking in front of their right. kids you know, getting hammered and stuff like that. But with things like weed and stuff, like it's becoming more normalized, as it should. I think weed weed is definitely better than alcohol when it comes with, especially with teenagers with drinking and driving. My mom had always said that she would rather have me smoke pot than drink just because like we, you know, especially in Wisconsin, just raging alcoholics, most of them, and and a lot of heavy been drinking and stuff like that. And if we did ever drink, she's like, we always had a friend's house to go to. Like our parents let us drink because they would rather have us like stay in one place than drive around and get, you know, get hammered or, you know, and get into a car accident. At least, you know, she's like, at least when I know you're smoking pot, like I'm not worried about you like getting into a car accident kind of thing. Yeah. And it is definitely, and that is like an excellent way to do it. It'd be like, hey, this is a beer. I drink beer. You can't have it yet. It's not legal for you to have it yet. Where weed, on the other hand, I'm not sure, is it legal in Arizona yet? Or? Yeah. So okay. they had dispensaries and that, and that was the other thing. Okay. So, yeah. So it is becoming more like right. out there in the open <laughs> where it is like buying, you know, a 12 pack or something. For a little while, I'm not going to lie, I felt mm-hmm. guilty because I was there for like seven days. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm working, but I'm working from home on my computer. But yeah. now, like, I'm that dad that kind of parachutes in. And because I had that talk, mm-hmm. I'm free. Right? You're like, I did my job. I did my dad well, duty for the week. No. No. Now, like, all my pot shit is out. Yeah. I don't have to hide shit. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you just leave the Her weed mom in. is still tiptoeing all around uh, the place. And I'm, I'm in the house now, feed up weed all over the place. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, we've, we've already had the talk. Yeah. So. And it, so she <laughs> may be a little jealous. Right. But I also wonder, like, is that a good example uh, yeah. for dad to now just be high all the time? Yeah. But, I mean, I don't know. You know, I've never heard anyone complain about pothead parents, especially like the celebrities that are like open about their pot use. None. Like Bob Marley's kids, they don't discuss my dad's weed use was a serious problem. No. Snoop Dogg's children are not complaining about his weed use. No, you know, (laughs) the type of children who are complaining about their fucking parents who are wasted off of alcohol or pills and shit like that. That has so much more of an effect on people. Especially, yeah, because with weed, your mood is very predictable. Yeah. 
And you'd be like, hungry. <laughs> Relax and easy going. <laughs> yeah. Alcohol was scary. I'm not going to My mom yeah, drank a lot. Yeah, you could flip a switch. Ooh. It was very scary. Yeah, it, they were so moody and so angry. And yeah. Because a lot of times when people drank, it's because they were angry about something and they want to feel better, which is what most people <laughs> use a lot of drugs for. Was angry at work. I know my stepmother, she would drink like, that bitch fucking drank almost a b- bottle of Bacardi at night. Like, that was the level of alcoholic she was. Yeah. Insane. And, yeah, and she had a bad day at work. Well, I guess it didn't really matter what mood she was in because she always drank. But, yeah, she had a bad day at work, and she would finish that bottle. Like, I knew I was fucked. (laughs) Yeah, man. Yeah, I think about that a lot, too. Like, my mom was a big, big drinker when she was uh, working. And it sucked because, you know, she was a woman making it in a man's world. Mm -hmm. So, you know, she had to go to these happy hours and to be a part of these old, which you got to shots and beers, which got to be one of the guys. (laughs) What? Yeah. Now you just kind of got like an angry dad at home. You know what I mean? (laughs) And that's what I was dealing with was just an angry dad, uh, drunk a lot in the evenings, sleep with the windows and stuff drawn mm-hmm. on the weekends. And it, it, it forced me to be very independent because, you know, if I wanted to get up and go to a soccer game or if I had practice or anything, I had to get myself to all of that. All my mom that by was, yourself, yeah. My mom was usually sleep. With me, I can get up now and smoke a joint and whatever my kids is doing is the most interesting thing in the fucking world. <laughs> What is it today? Is it cheerleading? All right, come on. <laughs> this is some fascinating shit. So you guys just like jump and Flip yell. Like, really? And what? You understand? I'm present. Yeah. <laughs> I'm present as a dad. Like my kids at whatever the fuck, Disney movies, cartoons. Is this what we got? Okay, so the ladybug has got a problem with it. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you are definitely more into this stuff than um than you would be with alcohol or even like pills i know a lot of parents um are big on the pill taking the xanax and the valium and and whatnot and then you're just a zombie most of the time like i don't even like you know that type of shit because how it makes me feel just like ugh. like it doesn't like it i don't know i guess it does kind of numb you and that's what some people want is that numbing feeling you know because they're in pain or something like that or just mentally in pain and so that type of stuff, it just numbs. And But then you're never present for anything. That's, I think that's the only thing I've ever gone, the closest I've ever gone off of weed. I tried perks twice. Yeah. I didn't like those. No. I don't like how, I don't like the, the time release. I don't like mm-hmm. the delayed high. Yeah. Because you forget about it. And then all of a sudden you're like, <laughs> and I'm like in the middle of something else that I'd yeah. rather be doing because we, you know, you st- you experiment with drugs when you're bored. Yeah. And that was the thing, like, boredom really didn't last long, you know, like in my neighborhood. Like, you'd be bored for like an, a few hours, but something was going to happen. Yeah. And that was the thing. Something would happen and then you're like, Ugh. And the thing that I was surprised, people just now started talking about the constipation aspect of it. Yeah. So my second time trying <laughs> perks, I had that constipation shit. I was like, is this a thing? Like you're nope. actually like you can't shit. Who the f- like if you would have told me before mm-hmm. and I think that should that should be a prerequisite. Yeah. Hey, this is going to like you're going to feel it, but you're not going to be able to shit and your stomach is just going to and you get the f- Yeah. 
so that didn't work for me. Perks was not it. Oxys um, did that to me after my surgery, but also like because my body has to like start functioning normal again, you know, because I was put under and stuff. But yeah, after my surgery, I had they didn't give me a lot, which is good because I mean I only needed a little bit. But uh, yeah, I didn't shit for almost like four days after my surgery until I'm like, give me some fucking prune juice. Yeah. I was like, it wasn't until I stopped taking the oxys. I was like, oh yeah, I forgot that's a side effect of that. I was like, oh my fucking God, All I was going to explode. people in my neighborhood were on perks and none of them talked about that. You know, No, but I'm you also don't talk about how cocaine about is cut with like baby laxatives. And you, yeah. <laughs> so no. it's literally the exact opposite. It's so, it's so strange in that aspect. <laughs> then I was scared to get into lean i don't know what lean is what's lean? syrup like the the codeine oh and the that's cough a, syrup. okay yeah no that, so a, like that was around in my neighborhood um when i was a kid then they used to call it syrup or something pancakes like, and syrup is what yeah. they called it in philly and it it, it didn't even look enjoyable it was one of those I'm things like i hated cough syrup syrup going however <laughs> When it kind of reemerged as like a fashionable thing in hip hop, yeah, they like had the, the fucking song, the, the mid two thousands. Yes, I got curious. Be like, yeah, and I I didn't understand that it was different than just regular cough syrup. Yeah. That it was a prescription level. Mm-hmm. So I started drinking Nyquil, <laughs> and I was doing I would do like the entire bottle, yeah, trying to get the same effect that they were talking about. And it ended up being how I deal with being sick. Mm-hmm. And I kind of developed a little bit of a codependency on it. Okay. Um, it were you drinking alcohol at this time as well? or Yeah. But, but you were still drinking, just not. Yeah, I was still drinking. But what I was doing with NyQuil was if I ever got um, a tingle in my throat, like I'm about to get sick, you know how your, your throat hurts and you're like, oh, shit. <clears throat> I would go and buy NyQuil mm-hmm. and just down the entire bottle <laughs> and you just, you're gone. Right? Yeah. And it's the best sleep ever. Oh, yeah, of course. And then you kind of wake up like you're a bit groggy, but there's a lot of stuff that's going on in your brain when you're like semi-conscious. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was getting some weird answers while on NyQuil. So I began mm-hmm. to kind of go, I would do a few days under it. Okay. Meaning like... Just to see, like, what you could find in, like, your subconscious no. kind of thing? No. Um, I would be sick. Like, I would truly, like, because I'm not a doctor mm-hmm. goer to her. You yeah. Know, go figure. And I'm not, a, um, I'm not like, a really big medicine taker or anything. Yeah. Like, I usually don't get sick. Yeah. So same. when I get sick, it's something bad. Like the mm-hmm. flu or some shit like that that, mm-hmm. you know, normally knock a regular motherfucker out for, like, mm-hmm. a week. I would usually be down for about 48 hours. Mm-hmm. But I would just buy like bottles of NyQuil, oh, and just sleep. a pack of crackers, <laughs> and I would do one bottle and wake up like a day later, eat the crackers. If I still feel anything in my throat that's fucked up, mm-hmm. do another bottle and I'm out. Oh, wow. So I kind of got used to going on these 24 to 72 hour binges okay. of no food, just NyQuil, NyQuil, some crackers, and a lot of deep thinking, which... I think some of those trips did kind of alter my thinking ultimately. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think I got a lot of answers of um, death, life, just 
the universe and things being connected, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? And I, it was the closest I've ever been to like any kind of like acid psilocybin. Okay, yeah, yeah, acid, that kind of shit scares me. You never tried like mushrooms or LSD? No, and that comes from the way I grew up. There was a social stigma against that as like that was a goofy white boy drug or something okay. like that. You know yeah. what I mean? So, I mean, it kind of is. <laughs> right. So. But not really. I, a lot. I know. Um. A lot of my black dude friends um, have definitely, we've done a lot of acid and shrooms together. I know. But I, was I honestly, know some yeah. of your black dude friends that have done it, and I'm like, really? Like, yeah, I was actually kind of surprised, too, because I always thought that, like, black people didn't like those types of drugs. Like, I grew up, like, thinking that black people didn't like those types of drugs. Right. Right. And they, they even talk about that now, where they say the pills, and like, the hard drugs that are in the black community mm-hmm. now... A lot of people will tell you is due to the weak men that were left in the black community. Okay. So, again, kind of like that wipeout of all of the alphas, Mm -hmm. of all of the organizers and Mm -hmm. the prominent black leaders. You take all of them out and leave a bunch of weak men around. And most of these weak men Mm -hmm. were moving in with women and their children and doing these different kind of drugs to cope with their life. And Mm -hmm. that's where, like, the kids kind of learn it from now is... Oh, mommy's boyfriend does the the pill thing, and that's where they kind of learn it from. Mm-hmm. And so, it's for me and my mindset, and I'm not saying that I'm right about this, but mm-hmm. that's just my programming. That, yeah, that was a a weaker man's drug, you know. No, that makes sense. Um, although it does, um, I would definitely suggest something like microdosing over drinking a bottle of Nyquil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. Because um, even the Nyquil thing was just me being young enough and impressionable mm-hmm. enough that while listening to all of that rap music, yeah. glorifyingly. Yeah. I mean, there was a whole genre of music that oh, came I, out of the yeah. Chopped and Screwed. <laughs> that comes from, like, these lean drinkers mm-hmm. that hear music different, and you're like... I want right. to hear music different. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want to try music different. Yeah, that's um, techno. and <laughs> Right, exactly. <laughs> techno exactly. Yeah, a lot of techno doesn't sound the same unless I'm on certain types of drugs. Right. And I was like, my mom was right. You do have to be on drugs to like this kind of music. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, there's some of the songs I remember that that talked about, like, it was uh, what was it, the most popular one? Like, something scissorup or something like that. Oh, sipping on some scissor. Yeah. yeah, okay. That one. Um, And listening to it now and just be like, holy shit. Yeah, it'd be like, I don't know. Yeah, some sometimes the music like well they have that one uh, I forgot the name of the song where he talks about like the meth addict or whatever. And see the first guy for us that was talking like that at least for me mm-hmm. I grew up in Philly so you know the, the rap was different there It was mostly New York influence yeah um, there were some Philly artists that were you know getting their stuff off but no one was talking like that the first person that we heard to talk about anything more than weed would mm-hmm. been for me like Eminem. Okay. And Eminem's talking about popping pills, but he's a goofy white boy. He is a goofy white boy. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So it's like, okay, that is how, I, even now, that that whole yeah. D12 movement and the purple pills. And everything, I love D12. <laughs> but it did nothing for me yeah, because to influence me to do drugs because, and there's no disrespect to Eminem, mm-hmm. Eminem just wasn't the person that I was looking up to. Yeah. So he had no influence over uh, me, Over that yeah. at all. Yeah, like, because I grew up with, you know, my parents' music, Eric Clapton and right. <laughs> Led Zeppelin and all, you know, the Beatles were 
They li- like my dog is literally named after Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds oh. LSD. <laughs> so, like when you grow up with that stuff, it's like, oh, you could do cocaine. Eric Clapton sings about right. it. Your dad listened to this right. kind of stuff. Well, right. also my dad did cocaine, so that was <laughs> he did a lot of drugs. Yeah, yeah, cocaine in the black community. It was when I was growing up. Mm-hmm. My mom tried to keep me away from it as much as possible. Yeah. But I was aware of the different energy of cocaine users. Yeah. And it was funny because we were so poor and we were in a poor neighborhood and cocaine people don't think that they're poor. Oh, no, it's a very rich people drug. <laughs> so and it's very fancy. You use mirrors and razor blades. And that was a funny <laughs> thing to me about people on coke in the hood, especially mm-hmm. like in the 80s. Yeah. Where it was like. Where's all of this? I, d- I didn't even know what it was, but mm-hmm. just that energy mm-hmm. of like, yeah, I'm better than everybody and you don't know this. And you don't. It was just mm-hmm. these. They had a different spirit. Yeah. But it always got aggressive and it usually. Yeah, it was. Ne- it never ended well. You yeah. Know what I mean, that was. A Have one you thing. ever tried cocaine or anything like that? I kissed a girl once who did cocaine <laughs> after she did cocaine. Oh, so like you got a little nummy. Yeah. And that, that's it for me. <laughs> That's not something that um, it is. Does kind of have like a chemically kind of taste depending on what it's cut with. Yeah, (laughs) baby laxatives normally not. Yeah, so you know I'm I'm glad now with the like I don't drink, uh, and that started mostly for me like hanging out with guys like Derek Gaines. Derek doesn't drink. Yeah, Derek never drink. No, and I always just started smoking pot too, like way later in life. But I always respected his ability to be to do comedy sober, like to navigate the world of entering stand up comedy in New York sober, completely sober. And he did that for years. Mm -hmm. And I mean, he would hang out with us in the village Mm -hmm. amongst drunk people sometimes until 7 a.m. Yep, sober as can be. Right. And I'm like, wow. How the fuck do you do that? Right. That's a superpower. Like, that's a superpower. (laughs) And I started doing it with him for a while because at this time when Mm -hmm. I want to make sure I have it under control and I don't end up like my father-in-law at the time, you know. Yeah, getting in trouble. Let me see if I can take, like, let me see if I can do, like, 21 days just to make sure I have control over it. Yeah. Me being around Derek was a, a big help for that because yep. I was able to get through the first month, mm-hmm. the second month, and the third month on some just, yeah, all he does is get a cranberry juice or something. So club soda became my thing. Mm-hmm. Club soda allows I remember me when you were trying, you were like, I'll have some tea when we were at the right. tree and shit. Yeah. But club soda became my thing. Mm-hmm. It, it, the bubbles still hit hard. I still go through all of the motions, but I don't have the drag. Yeah. And, you know, once it gets to be around 2, 2.30, it feels so good to not be drunk. Yeah. When it's time to start flagging down cabs and get, when people start throwing up and fighting and arguing yeah. and can't find Ubers and stuff like that, mm-hmm. that's when it's really good to be able to get sober and grab your people and be like, let's, let's get the fuck out of here. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I, 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 I love not being a mess. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It is actually kind of nice. I've been um, not drinking as much as I used to, like, obviously being inside. I normally don't like drinking at home right. alone. I'm like, that's when you have a problem. But during quarantine, everyone was drinking at home alone. So obviously during quarantine, um, the beginning part, I did drink. Um, I did drink a lot. I had my wine. It's pretty much all I can drink anyway. So it's not like I'm getting super hammered. But I've noticed now that, like, 
when I went out, like I went to go um, see Pockets and Derek's, um, you know, movie. Little min- stand, yeah. Yeah, a little movie that they had. And I asked for Shirley Temple, or I call them Kitty Cocktails. It's just a uh, Sprite with cherry juice, mm-hmm. basically, in it. And they didn't have it. And I'm like, fuck. But I didn't want water because that's all I drink all day. Like, I may have, like, an orange soda, like, once a week or something like that. I'm like, well, I guess I'll have a White Claw. I'm like, it doesn't have that much alcohol and it has some flavor to it or or whatever. And I ended up having four. And I I was like, I didn't even want it. Like, I had editing and stuff to do. And then the next day I was, like, a little, like, blah. Not, like, hungover, but just tired, Mm -hmm. you know, because I had alcohol and I hadn't drank, you know, in a while. But I notice now that when I do go out, because I don't go out that often for obvious reasons. But when I do go out, if I drink, like, I, it will be like that, almost like that high school mentality where it's like, oh, I got to binge drink. Uh, I got to drink as oh, much as I can because wow. I'm not going to drink for a while. And I'm like, because I know I'm not like an alcoholic, but I definitely know I'm a binge drinker right. and that I could do that. But because like when, when like I'm more active and like when things were normal and doing spots and stuff, there have been plenty of nights. I could just have one beer and be fine, you know, right. do do a bunch of spots, have one beer and be totally fine. But now it's because I'm not going out as often. It's like I need to get drunk. Yeah. Well, um, do you know Richie? Richie Reddy? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so you know, Richie's been sober for a while, but Richie was describing to me, he was the one that taught me, like, alcoholism, um, how it doesn't go away. Yeah. And, like, when you're off alcohol, your alcoholism is basically locked up in you. Like, it's like in a cell doing push-ups. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's like, now for him, with the amount of time that he's been sober, mm-hmm. he has to stay sober. Yeah. Because... If he relapses, he will die. Yeah. Because his body's going to pick up like it never, never. stopped doing. That's how a lot of people do die, especially yeah. with hard drugs. My friend died, you know, from his annex overdose like that. And that, that was the first time that he, anyone was ever able to get me to understand, like, no, nah, like how uncontrollable addiction is mm-hmm. yeah my friend Rebecca Rush who was the first guest on here yeah she ta- she's like if I just know that if I do it I'll die again <laughs> like mm. I don't have that control I can't just have one drink you know what I do have that with hmm. ma'am um and this is a, I have it with food yeah and I, I've listened to fat people especially fat comics talk about it that there was a thing that uh 800 pound gorilla released mm-hmm. from patrice the day after his documentary came mm-hmm. out and he talks about that in this little half an hour thing about how walking past a display mm-hmm. of snacks in the cellophane paper mm-hmm. is like it should be legal because he can't just walk past that yeah he's stuck and he's got a serious decision to make on like if I eat this, I will die. Mm-hmm. And he starts bartering with himself about, well, you like, oh yeah, the over over food. Mm-hmm. Now I watched myself go through that during the pandemic, where I didn't realize how bad it was for me. But like, I wanted to start eating better mm-hmm. during the pandemic, and I was doing a good job. I was like, hey, we're gonna finish what's in the house. Mm-hmm. Let's eat what's in the pantry. That's it go to the store don't buy nothing and when it got to the end and it got to the slim pickings where you have to eat vegetables now, yeah <laughs> all the good stuff is gone right now you know my, my stomach will get to calling at me around you know 9 10 11 oh, and you know you're up too. all night yeah so you're like oh god we gotta 
how are we going to? And I would, even when I had it under control, when I started going food shopping again mm-hmm. and only buying healthy stuff, yeah, I would walk to the store sometimes one thirty in the morning mm-hmm. to go get soft pretzels. <laughs> uh, yeah. Doritos, no, that is totally. And, and I have a whole little basket full of little right. candy bars. And I'm disgusted. But the crazy thing is I would convince myself like I, this is not what I want to do. Yeah. It was so bad. I learned the Wawa pretzels actually give me a rash <laughs> when I eat it. You, you break out and I got a big black thing here from scratching behind my leg, everything. And I've timed it. I've seen it comes out on my feet. I know that that's what this is, is it from. Is celiac or whatever? It's just it's a weird reaction. Yeah, I, I think I have a, a gluten allergy, but my blackness and my hoodness will <laughs> not allow me to admit it. I will fucking, I will, nope. nope. I, it's, just, it's such nope. a nerdy fucking thing to say. But so I'm very like aware. You're not eating bread and you're not doing I'm mushrooms. Ve- I am very aware that when I do not eat bread, I feel amazing. Yeah. And when I do, I know I fucked up, oh but no. I refuse to verbalize it. I refuse to get diagnosed because it, it just sounds like such a pussy ass thing. To me. <laughs> but um, yeah, I will go get these, mm-hmm. and then the next day, be just itching. And then you really gotta. I walked to the store at one, and that's how I would justify it. Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't drive, so I, I walked. Yeah, and then it that's got weirder because the more oh, I we do try to justify it. ourselves. Right. Yeah, so I would do better. I would, I would get up, cook myself a good breakfast, mm-hmm. nice clean lunch, clean early dinner, mm-hmm. done, and then I would usually break around the same time every night around one thirty, one forty a.m., mm-hmm. two thirteen. These weird numbers because I was always watching the clock. Yep, and I'm. Fucking trek into the store to get snacks. pretzels. Yeah. And then I would go hard since well, I haven't really eaten since five. And I walked here. Yeah. So let me mm-hmm. get the, the king packet of Reese's. And, and now I'm the next day. <laughs> so it's like, how much are you going to go into this, this pattern? Mm-hmm. When I knew I had a serious fucking addiction and I needed to get it fixed mm-hmm. was one night it was raining and I drove to Wawa. And Wawa was closed. It was supposed to be 24 hours, yeah. but it was closed. I don't know why. They had a sign. Something had to do with COVID. So go home. Go home. You didn't go home, though. I went to 7-Eleven <laughs> up the block. Yeah. And 7-Eleven was closed because COVID, and there's no reason for them to be open for 24 hours. Yeah, and there's nobody going out right now anyway. Well, that doesn't mean the other 7-Eleven because they're separate. I mean, there's... Let me go check the other 7-Eleven. So it's in the rain. I went third, to Wawa, 7-Eleven, another 7-Eleven, and I didn't stop there, Aaliyah. I drove. I got on the highway, crossed the Schuylkill River to another Wawa, and because I did all of that, I treated myself to more. Yeah. $17 worth of pretzels and, and cupcakes and brownies and most of the shit I ate in the car before pulling out of the fucking parking spot. Yep. And you go like, what the fuck? This. And I, I, I made a decision. Apples have never done that to me. No. Apples don't do that. But Oranges don't nope, do that. No. Nothing. And I, I got to get that shit the fuck away from me because mm-hmm. I have never. Uh, now, I don't eat anything that has a commercial. That if makes a lot a of sense. Yeah. Nope. Fuck that. If if it's something that my grandparents would be like, what? Mm. Like, 
Don't eat it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, that's seriously. No. Like, yeah, it's all if, that if sugar can, and yeah. stuff. Well, sugar has the same effect on the brain as cocaine. Like, right. sugar is very But it's addictive. also the process and the technology. Yeah. And I mean, humans. And how our brains work. Yeah. And we, humans yeah. don't give a fuck, man. You know, like, we, we do some weird Like, I shit. smoke knowing that it's so bad. Like, like, you with cupcakes, I would do that for a pack of cigarettes. Like, I've had to right. do that for a pack of cigarettes. Right. You know what I mean? And it's a... Cigarettes was always a fascinating one to me also. I got into that a little bit when I was uh, a teenager. Yeah. Thank God. The filters used to break out my lips. Oh, Newport. yeah. Oh, and that's I, what I smell was Newport. I only knew to smell. I never <laughs> tried any other thing. Again, my blackness would not allow me <laughs> to, try to go. Uh, no. I, black, Newport. That's it. <laughs> where, 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 where are we going anywhere else mm-hmm. for? And it was something in the menthol or something that it b- made my lips go into an outbreak. Oh, no. So that, and again. Ended I that s- real quick. But I still pushed through. Oh, okay. For a little while. Yeah. And it got to the Because it's point cool. Yeah. And I'm glad that that one didn't take, because I remember graduating high school and seeing a lot of people who, if they didn't leave the neighborhood and they got stuck in some sort of dead-end job that mm-hmm. they were chain-smoking. Mm-hmm. They were visibly disfigured after like a three or four year period. Like, whoa. Oh, because it, how much they were smoking? Because like I left. I left Philly and went to college. Yeah. And then I come back about five years later and you see somebody for the first time and they've been smoking for five years. They look different. Yeah. They look different. You were like, whoa. You know what I mean? So yeah. I didn't. I was even nervous with that with smoking weed because I was worried that smoking weed would we'll do, do the, the same, same thing. thing. It doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't. You'll be fine. You're beautiful. <laughs> You're very beautiful. Um, well, thank you for coming on. This is I always have fun talking to you. We always yeah, have great yeah. talks. We could talk forever. Um, where can people find you? I'm Dave Temple across all social media platforms, people. Uh, I have a podca- podcast, No Need for Apologies. Check that out on YouTube. I also have a podcast called Unpopular Opinions. You can catch Leah Janine on there. Um, and uh, DaveTempleComedy.com is the website. Uh, go check that out for my comedy special, the second one, which is available on there for stream or download. Um, yeah, I actually have a book that is about to come out that I'm I'm finishing up. What? Very I, I hate this book. Yeah. Like <laughs> I, I want you guys to buy it, but like. You're so sick of it. Right? Yeah. Writing a book is horrible. God. But it's, it is about what we talked about earlier, the mm-hmm. drug that is social media. Cool. Uh, That's you know, exciting. I, I create a fantasy world based around, loosely based around my life and my daughter's life, mm-hmm. where you know my daughter um, is an influencer, but okay. not in the sense that we think when we think of someone who models something. Yeah, we're talking about the people who actually create influencers. Okay, and their reasoning for doing it. And it's not to, it's, again, to influence the masses. Yeah. So, basically, I took looked at some of the asinine behavior that celebrities were doing, and mm-hmm. I realized, like, yeah, this can't be real. Mm-hmm. Likes do nothing. No. But celebrities are on there risking their careers and their lives for likes. Mm-hmm. And in my mind, it can only be because there is a secret organization Forcing them to, to do, do this. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that sounds very good. Um, everyone, definitely check out Dave Temple and uh, get his book when his book comes out. I'm sure I'll help promote that. Yeah. Um, you can find this podcast everywhere. Uh, you can find podcasts and uh, How to Do Drugs on Twitter and How to Do Drugs Pod. Uh, thank you for listening. <laughs>